Welcome to Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond podcast. I'm your host. My name is Franz. Well, today we're going to be talking to Howard Clayman. He's a sailor living in Israel, and he's going to be talking to us about sailing in Israel and Cyprus, among other things. But before we get to that, let me thank our sponsor, Sailrite. This show is sponsored in part by Sailrite. Since 1969, Sailrite has been equipping self-sufficient sailors with tools, supplies, and knowledge they need to sew for their boats. This second-generation family business is also the maker of the Sailrite Ultrafeed sewing machine. The Ultrafeed is a portable, heavy-duty sewing machine that was designed to handle all your maritime sewing projects from sails to covers. At Sailrite, you'll find everything you need to take on your next do-it-yourself project, including fabric, tools, hardware, and even hundreds of free how-to video tutorials. Start your next project at sailrite.com. That's S-A-I-L-R-I-T-E.com. I'd like to thank Adrian Walkies. Anyway, Adrian wrote me a note. He said, uh, just a quick note to say I wanted to make a one-off pledge on your Patreon page, but there's no option for that. Maybe there should be. Anyway, I just made a pledge, but we'll cancel it once the payment goes through. I hope you don't take offense to that. Have a beer on us. Thank you so much, Adrian. I really appreciate that. I wish there was the opportunity to do a a one-off contribution. I did have a a donate button on the website for years, and only one person, one woman, ever made uh, use of that button, so I finally took it off. But thank you. I really appreciate it. If you'd like to support this podcast, consider supporting me on Patreon. It's patreon.com backslash medsailor. Adrian also wrote me a note. He said, hey, Franz, I'd like to thank you for your efforts with your podcast. I've listened to them all, and I find them most entertaining. I live in England with my girlfriend, Joe, and last week we became boat owners for the first time. Boomerang is a 1984 Junot Sunkiss 45. She is currently out of the water in Toulon, south of France, so that's Toulon, France. We plan to put her in the water in late April and spend about four months exploring the Med before sailing back to the UK for the end of September. I have some sailing experience, but I feel a bit rusty, so I'll be retaking my RYA Yachtmaster theory before we go. Joe is currently doing her RYA, which is Royal Yachting Association, Day Skipper Course. I would like to ask if there's a route you would recommend, and do you think it's realistic to plan to visit Sardinia, Italy, Greece, Malta, and the Balearics all in four months before we start the journey back to England? Can you recommend any books that might help us find anchorages? We really will be on a tight budget, so we will only be visiting marinas when we absolutely need to. A voice in the back of my head keeps shouting that, what the hell are you doing? I've been ignoring it for a while now. Any advice you would have would be much appreciated, as I feel we're jumping headfirst into the deep end. (laughs) We've been toying with the idea of documenting our adventures and uploading it to YouTube, 
we would both have to tackle the problem of being camera shy, and YouTube seems to be saturated with sailing vlogs at the moment, so who knows? Keep up the good work. Kind regards, Adrian and Joe. Well, I'm going to open up Google Earth and just get some rough ideas of the distance you're talking about. So I'm going to put this podcast on pause and come back in a second after I've laid out <laughs> your route. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I just laid out a very, very rough route on Google Earth. Just hitting the western side of Greece, working your way down Sicily. Well, from Toulon, Toulon, I have you heading over to Corsica, then down to Sardinia, and then over to Ponza, then Ischia, then Capri, then Salerno, then down to the Aeolian Islands, working your way through the Aeolian Islands, then down to um, Terramina, and then to Syracuse and then down to Malta, and then Malta, I have you taking a long hop over to, um, to the Ionian Islands, to the island of Zakynthos. Then I have you going up, working your way through the Ionians up to Corfu. From Corfu, I have you hopping over to Ortanto on the uh, Italian coast, and then working your way down the toe of Italy. That's the heel, and then down around the toe of Italy, back up through uh, the Straits of Messina, working your way along the northern coast, uh, stopping at Porta Rosa and probably Palermo. And there's another little town in there. Let's see if I can find it in here. Cephalu, which you would want to visit. Um, and then from there, a long hop over to um, the, the boot of the bottom of Sicily, and then over to Menorca, and then working your way th around Menorca into Mallorca, and then ending in I Ibiza, Ibiza. Well, that's <laughs> a total of 2,740 miles. Let's just say 3,000 miles, okay? Now, let's assume you're going to be sailing under the best situation 12 hours a day. And that that really sucks. Let's just do some math here. I got to stop and do get the calculator out. All right. So basically, let's say three thousand miles. <clears throat> ideally, you're going at six knots an an hour. So to, to cover that three thousand nautical miles, it's going to take you in the best of conditions five hundred hours. And if you're sailing for 12 hours a day, which is a long day on the water, which I would not recommend, that's going to be 42 days. If you sail for six hours a day, that's going to be 83 days. So that's just the travel time. And no, 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 no. I think you're roller skating through the Louvre. Let me make another suggestion to you. I mean, the route I, I laid out for you is a, is a nice route. You're going to spend some time hopping down the coast of uh, Corsica. Then you're going to spend some time in, in northern Sardinia. 
and then you're going to hop over to Ponza, spend a day or two in Ponza. Then you'll spend a day or two in Ischia, and then you'll spend a day or two in Capri, and then you'll st- spend a day or two or three or four just along the Amalfi Coast. And those are just the days you want to spend in port or anchored out. And then you've got a long hop down to the Aeolian Islands, and you can spend a week or two in the Aeolian Islands. And, uh, and then working your way along the coast of Sicily uh, can be delightful. Syracuse is a town you don't want to miss. Terramina is a town you don't want to miss. And uh, let, let me suggest that you slow up a little bit, that you might consider breaking it up into two years where you're doing it. The first year I would work my way from Toulon uh, down to uh, through, through Corsica, around Sicily, over to Italy, work your way down the coast of Italy, down to the toe of Italy, or take a long hop like I did from Capri down to the Aeolian Islands and spend some time working your way through the Aeolian Islands, then going through the Straits of Messina and spending some time on the east coast of Sicily, renting a car, driving around Sicily, seeing some of the ruins, and then spend some time in Malta and either winter your boat in Malta or do what my friend Jack Andrews has done, take it back up to the, there's a, a marina there, and I, Ragusa, I think it, Marina Ragusa is the name of it, and winter your boat there. And then the next year, head from there on over to the Ionian Islands, maybe go back to Malta again if you want to go back there, if you didn't get there the year before, head back over to the Ionian Islands, work your way up the Ionian Islands, and, and then work your way back across. But, hi, jeez, that sounds like, um, if you want to do all that in four months, I think you're, it's possible. The math proves that it could be possible in ideal situation, in an ideal situation. But I don't know why you're in a hurry to get the boat back to England, because at the end of the uh, summer, you're going to be pretty much into bad weather in dreary old England, and you might want to spend at least one more year down in the Mediterranean. So that's my thoughts. Now, as far as books, the Imre books, all the Imre books are the ones I've always used when sailing through the entire Mediterranean, and they've got a series of books. Well, there's three books alone that cover Spain. Uh, There's a, a book that covers Corsica, and I think it, yeah, I think there's just a book alone for Corsica, or maybe it's Corsica and Sardinia together. Uh, Then there's a book on Italy. So look for Imray, I-M-R-A-Y. If you're going to uh, Croatia, then I'd say you get the book called 777, but you're not. Uh, Rod Heichel's written the book in Greece. So yeah, the Imray books are where you want to go for your pilots, and they're, they're required. You can't even think about doing this trip without those books. They're expensive, but you might be able to find some used. So that's the, uh, that's the advice I have for you. Before we get into this episode, and this episode's going to be about uh, cruising in Israel, I wanted to give you a heads up. If you're a boat owner, a documented U.S. Coast Guard vessel like mine is, about this time, well, for you it may be a different time, but for me, about this time every year, I get a renewal notification from the Coast Guard telling me that I need to renew the documentation on my boat for another year. Well, let me tell you a story. About 
about three weeks ago, I got a letter that looked very much like the official letter I get annually from the U.S. Coast Guard, and it was from the Maritime Documentation Center. And I looked at it, and it, and it looked legitimate. It looked like it was from the Coast Guard, and it gave me the option of going online and renewing my documentation, which I took advantage of. So I went online, and lo and behold, they'd raised their prices. Last year was the first year, as I recall, that I actually had to pay anything to renew my documentation, and I think it was $26. And this year, lo and behold, they'd raised it to $75. And it did give me the option of renewing it for uh, two years for $150. So I just grumbled and got online and went through the process of renewing my uh, my documentation. Before that, of course, I went to the website, and it's maritimedocumentation.us, and filled in the form and uh, gives you three steps. Uh, complete the online form, submit the documents and fees, and enjoy your yacht. Well, it looked legitimate. Nice big picture of a Coast Guard vessel on the front page. So I went ahead and renewed it. Now, usually I'm pretty keen to this sort of a scam, but I was sucked in, and I want to share this with you so that it does not happen to you. So again, I went online and renewed my documentation, and then a couple days ago, I got another renewal notification from, from this time. This time, it came from the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, the U.S. Coast Guard, and it said, Vessel Renewal Notification Application for Renewal. And this looks very similar to the one I'd previously gotten. Uh, but this was from the National Vessel Documentation Center in Falling Waters, West Virginia, which is where I've always dealt with in the past. Well, since I'd already paid for my documentation, I was a little surprised, so I gave them a call, and after going through their phone tree and uh, eventually talking to an individual, it turns out, and this woman was familiar with what I was calling about, she said, listen, that Maritime Documentation Center has nothing to do with us. They are not associated with us in any way. What they do is they take your $75 renewal and keep uh, the bulk of it and uh, re reimburse the Coast Guard for the $26 that it actually costs to renew your boat documentation. Well, since I'd renewed for two years, this means I was sucked down through this uh, scam for two years. So what do I pay? I paid basically about $48 more for my documentation than I should have, times two. So that's almost $100. That's a 90, uh, what, $96 that I did not need to pay. So I'm warning you off this. I called up this uh, online documentation center. They actually give an 800 number to call up if you want to renew. And I said, what's going on here? And they said, oh, uh, you know, if you have any questions about your do what you're doing, let us give you an email address you can write to. And they gave me an email address, and it was called, and it was mdc at maritimedocumentation.us. Of course, I wrote an email to that, and guess what? It was promptly rejected as not a deliverable address. So then I got online, and on their website, maritimedocumentation.us, there's a online chat notification. And so I got on the online chat notification and I said, what's your address? And they said, we don't have a physical address. We don't give it out. 
bottom line. We're an online-only business. Well, this sort of pisses me off. This means it's a total scam. If they don't want to give out a physical address, it's a total scam. So I started doing my own research, and I'm sharing this with you, and it's on the Internet now. I put a page link to it. I, I, I build a page with all this information. And it turns out the MaritimeDocumentation.us is a private corporation. Its domain is registered through GoDaddy. I registered a complaint with GoDaddy about this website, and I would recommend that you do this as well. And also, the woman at the, um, the Coast Guard uh, so told me that she, they're recommending that we file a complaint with the Federal Trade Commission and gave me the website to go to, and I did file a complaint. But I'm going to do it again, because now I have this information that I couldn't answer before. The Maritime Documentation Center is the name of uh, the business. The registrant owner is Maritime Documentation Center Corporation. Get this. It's registered in Montana, Billings, Montana, 124th Street West, Suite 1-1028, Billings, Montana, 59102, and they have a phone number here, area code 406-542-3518, and they are registered with the Department of State in Montana. So then I got onto the Secretary of State in Montana's website, and I wanted to find out who the heck owns this company. So I did a company search, and then I paid $2 to get a principal information search on it, and it turns out that Maritime Documentation Center Corporation was just formed in 2017. Lo and behold, June 27th, 2017. Their street address is 725 Southwest Higgins Avenue, Suite C, Missoula, Montana, 59803. And their mailing address is P.O. Box 2790, Missoula, Montana, zip code 59806. And their registered agent, which is required when you file a corporation, is called Action Services, LLC. And all this other information is contained in the page that I'm going to link to in this, this podcast episode. But it turns out that the guy that owns this company is a guy by the name of John Soria, P.O. Box 2320, Chino Hills, California, 91709. So a total scam. Beware, don't be taken like I was, and just a heads up to you. Now if you want to write this guy directly, I've got the information of the scam artist behind this company. And, uh, and I'm going to, like I say, I'm going to file another complaint with the Federal Trade Commission. And I'm going to also file a complaint with GoDaddy again for the second time on this. I have Howard on the line, but I wanted to finish reading his letter that he wrote to me back in December. So he goes on to say, we were delivering a brand new Beneteau 37 from France for our sailing club in Tel Aviv. And I joined the leg from Lefkata to Athens. Unlike your peak season sale with the accompanied loud music at each port, ours was in off-season in early November and very peaceful at each marina. Weather was delightful with moderate winds and mid-60s temperatures during the day and low 40s at night with a bit of rain. 
but too early for major storms. There was very little yachting traffic in the Gulf of Corinth, and the marinas were very quiet. The biggest problem was finding restaurants open at the various stops, so we dined with locals at their tavernas. Our stops after Lefkada were Sami, Patra, Trizona, Corinth, through the canal, Agina, and then finishing in Athens for the next crew to take over. You didn't go over any of the details about Trizona, but I really liked it there, although it was a very short overnight. I plan to go back next summer in my own boat of Bavaria 44. And then you went on to say, last summer we took our boat from Rhodes to Simi to Kosh to Castello and a few other small islands in the Dodecanese De De with a layover in Limassol on the way back to Israel. Enjoying the stories of your summer in Greece and Turkey and all the podcasts. Keep them coming. Let me know. If you'd like to have a discussion sailing in Israel and Cyprus, Best regards, and that's what we're here to talk about, Howard. Thank you for joining me on the podcast, and you're a, you're a Patreon subscriber as well. Thank you so much for your support. My pleasure, my pleasure. I'm enjoying very much listening to the podcast, so I was glad to be able to support it also. All right, so tell, me, tell us about yourself. How do you got into sailing? And I'll tell you a quick story about a uh, sailor that I once met down there and see if you can identify, see if you know him, who knows? I, 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 I would imagine it's a fairly small sailing community in Israel. Is that true? Yeah, it is. It is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I started out, uh, I'm originally, I'm a, uh, expat. I'm originally from California, uh, grew up in Los Angeles, spent many years in, uh, sailing also in the San Francisco Bay area. <clears throat> I did a lot of, uh, racing, uh, ocean racing, uh, races up and down the coast, over to Hawaii, and uh, I uh, I moved over here about 30 years ago, and I come and go. We this this is basically home. We go back and forth to the states for a year or so at a time. Lots of visits. A lot of families still there, but this is my basic. Uh, this is my my base of operations and home and uh, families all here right now, and uh, I'm uh, quite an active sailor here in Israel. Uh, we. Uh, we have a fantastic uh, weather here, so, you know, provides for year-round sailing, and we get an awful lot of opportunities to sail, both the cruising and uh, and racing. Now, what part of Israel do you live in? So I'm zooming in on Google Earth. Okay. I live in uh, the town of Ranana, which is adjacent to the uh, town of Herzliya, which is right on the coast there. If you see it, it's, it should be about halfway between Tel Aviv and Netanya. It's a town called Herzliya. Herzliya is where there's a uh, one of the largest marinas here in Israel. That's where my boat is based, and that's where I pretty much sail out of. Okay. Do you see it on the map there? So is it south of Tel Aviv or north of Tel Aviv? North of Tel Aviv, yeah. Okay, about halfway between, yeah. So there's Net Netanya. Netanya, Netanya, okay. Is it north of Netanya? And it's south of Netanya. You see, it might, uh, <laughs> I don't know why it doesn't appear. Oh, there it is. Uh, you can see it. It's just below, it's, there's a, a road 541 there, Ramata Sharon, everything you see, Herzliya. Herzliya, if you go to the, le to the left there towards or west, you'll see the uh, marina there right there on the coast. All right, I'll just zoom in far enough to where I can see any marina as I go down the coast. Yeah. That's what I'll do here. 
it's a pretty straight coast along there, isn't it? It is very straight. The only uh, deviation is when you get up near uh, Haifa, which we'll, I'll talk about later on in the uh, in the podcast. Haifa is the uh, sort of a curvature there and, and provides a, a, a nice sheltered bay to some extent. Okay, so the, okay, so Hertz Hertzlia is that how you, how you pronounce that? Hertz Hertzlia. Yeah, Hertz Hertzlia. It's named okay. after uh, Herzl, who was the uh, sort of the founder of Israel. So they called Hertzlia. Okay, that's a big marina I'm looking at. So yeah, it is. It's a, it's about a 600 uh, boat marina. It's one of it's a relatively newer marina here in Israel. It's about uh, about 10 12 years old, and uh, it's uh, one of the more popular marinas with some of the best. Uh, infrastructure there and uh services w- uh, within and around the marina so i've only met well I, i've probably met three or four um other israeli sailors over the years they they hop up to turkey a lot but there's one sailor that i met a long time ago and i remember this because i was sitting on the committee of consumer services at the time and he was a dairy farmer and, and i i met him and uh, I don't remember exactly where I met him. It was probably Marmaris or somewhere like that. And uh, he was looking at my boat, and he said, oh, why don't you come over to my boat for drinks tonight? And I said, okay, so I did. So we went over to his boat, had, had a few drinks. We started talking. He told me about what he did. He was a dairy farmer, which I just don't think of Israel as being dairy farming <laughs> country. Yeah. But, uh, but he said, you know, we use... Um, we use uh, a lot of Palestinians for our labor, and I'm getting up there in years. I'll probably be selling it in the next few years, and and uh, and that was that. It's had a pleasant evening, and oh, I know where it was. It was in, it was on in Kony, Kony, just around the southern coast of Turkey, not too okay. far mm-hmm. away from Antalya. Uh, I think that was where it was. Anyway. So then a few years, probably four or five years go by, and I'm putting my, my boat up in Finicky. And, and a guy comes down to my boat, starts looking at it, says, oh, that's an interesting boat. What? Come on over to my boat and let's have drinks. <laughs> and so I, you know, I didn't remember him. I, didn't, I, you know, I, I remembered our conversation from years ago, but we, I get back in his boat. We're having drinks. I said, what do you do? And he said, oh, I'm a dairy farmer. I said, oh, we've met before. <laughs> we've met before. And he said it sold his farm, sold his dairy farm, but they had totally automated it because it was very difficult to get the workers anymore. And so they had pretty much totally automated the dairy farm. And I got back to Salt Lake, and one of the members of the Committee of Consumer Services was a, was a dairy farmer. And I told him this story, and he said, yeah, you know, we use a, uh, uh, an electronic device on our cattle, on our, on our dairy cows, that we could not manage our dairy farm without, and the device comes from Israel. It tells us if the cow is in in distress, if it's about ready to calve, if it's got temperature. It tells us everything we need to know about the cow so we can manage our herd. And I thought, well, that's pretty interesting. So uh, have you ever run across any dairy farmers down there in the sailing groups down there? <laughs> uh, not that I know of particularly, but... Uh... You know the guy who who you ran across. I, I you know I might I might know, but I, I wouldn't. I don't know from a particular <laughs> dairy farmer himself. But it is that, that's interesting coincidence that you caught up with him after five years again. That's the sort of his pickup line, and uh, and you found you found each other again after the five years. That's funny. Well, tell us about sailing in Israel. Okay, it's just not one the, of the areas I've ever really wanted to go to, and the primary reason I haven't is because. 
the little bit I've watched about it seems that there's a lot of bureaucracy in sailing in and around Israel. But tell us your experience there. Okay, actually not. Uh, the, the bureaucracy is, there, there's three or four of the marinas that, uh, or ports that actually have uh, uh, clearance services where you can come in and, and clear, clear customs and everything and, and uh, you know, and, and stay at the marina for a period of time or go off and, uh, and tour. The, the coast itself, as you can see, it's what you mentioned a few minutes ago, friends, it's sort of a, it's a straight coast and uh, there's basically no, no bays or, uh, you know, small little inlets where you can go in and, and, and you know, drop your hook and uh, have a, um, you know, have a fun time swimming off the side of the boat. <coughs> Excuse me. That almost doesn't exist here in Israel. <coughs> Excuse me again. The, the the marinas here. I'll, I'll talk about the marinas from north to south. But the marinas here are all basically, as you can see, all all built up uh, with uh, with breakwaters, and uh, that that's basically the only way to keep keeps the sea at bay with uh, is with a, with a, a a high marina there. Now, starting starting from the north, if you ca if you came in from uh, from the west. You'd uh, the first marina that you could you could hit with is is up in the in the north there near the border there north of Haifa called Ako A C R E Acre. Okay. It's a uh, it's an old Crusader uh, port that uh, legend has it that uh, that Napoleon uh, was had once visited uh, many many years ago. It's quite a beautiful spot there, and it's a uh, it's a it's a, sh a sheltered port, but it you know it's basically because it has a uh, uh, a breakwater there that uh, you know th that makes it makes it safe. So, that, that's very interesting. It, the, the town itself is a is an old city there, right next to the marina there, with a with a, a you know a market, a covered market, and uh, uh, it's basically a fishing uh, port. So uh, there there's there's probably about forty or fifty boats in there, but ba the basic uh, activity and uh, uh, support is, is 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 from the uh, from the f from fishermen. Um, Moving down from what one of the things that you know that, that uh, I'll mention about Israel, I you you're not it's not the kind of place as I said you come and you know throw the hook over and then you know have a you know fun few days swimming and soaking up the sun. If you're going to come to Israel, you're probably going to want to you're, you're going to come and uh, for for the sightseeing itself. You know, it, Israel is the you know the land of the Bible and. Uh, there's some really beautiful spots uh, further inland, and you, you you'd probably want to go to Jerusalem, uh, visit Tel Aviv, and all that. But it's not going to be a place that's going to that's you know that that's like the you know exotic Greek islands or you know other place where you're going to uh, to enjoy yourself that way. But it looks uh, so, in in Acre like there you could actually anchor in that bay there because it looks fairly protected, except it's open to the south. Yeah, it it is. In in the summertime, you could throw out an anchor there, but uh, you're you're basically discouraged from doing that. They don't they they don't want you to do that. You could do it. You could go out. You could sail up there from some of the some of the sailors from the Haifa area will sail on up there, throw out a throw out an anchor for a few hours, and then go, go on back. But uh, there's no there's no really there's no real anchorage there to, to do it at. Okay, so for going further south there, you can see the. Uh, can see the Haifa complex here. Haifa is a uh, is like the third largest city in Israel. 
it's a, uh, it's a, it was at one time the biggest port. It has an awful lot of history too. Uh, you, as you can see, the there's a the marina is down in the uh, sort of the south, uh, the sort of the the, the the southern area of the uh, of the port. There, most of Haifa is 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 uh, heavy uh, trafficked with uh, with ships coming and going, and also it's the headquarters of the navy. So there's a lot of navy traffic going in and out of there too. There's a, a marina, a small marina of about. Uh, uh, 200 boats there called the Kishon, which is in in the southern area of the uh, sort of hard to see it on the map, but it's in there. You have to yeah, I found get, it. It's sort of like it's, it's sort of like it's going up a river there. Is that the one we're looking right, at? Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, Kishon itself is a river. So okay. This is this is the this is where the river comes into the into the sea here. It's pretty. Uh, they fixed it up in the last few years, and it's it's uh, been improved, but it was a, sort of a, a Bit of a shoddy marina up until recently. It's also another fishing uh, uh, port too. So there's a lot of fisher, fishermen going in and out of that port. And one of the a, a, something that's you're, it's going to typify a lot of the marinas here in Israel is they're not there right. They're not right there in a, in a, in a city. So uh, the high, you, if you stay out here at the uh, Kishon, you're going to be you know, pretty far from the town, from the town. So you'd, you'd need to either rent a car or, uh, or hop a taxi to go over to the city. So, you know, I wouldn't rec recommend, you know, unless for some reason you wanted to be, if that, that wouldn't be one of the, uh, high points of <laughs> visiting the coast of Israel. Yeah. It looks okay. like a real industrial so port. That looks like yeah. a very heavy it is. industrial a, port. Very, so. yeah, very industrial port. And the whole area around here is all, all industry and uh, and uh, car, uh, container storage and everything. There's a small little airport which is doesn't really go anywhere. So one of the, you know there's a few uh, Haifa is not one of the bigger touristy tourist areas. Although it's a beautiful city built on a hill there. There's Mount Carmel which uh, you know is quite quite famous. There's if you, uh, there's the Baha'i Gardens which are quite nice. But other than that, there really isn't there much there to uh, to offer. Unless you needed to pull in there. Now going down the coast, that you're going to be going. It's it's about 60 mile sail from from there down to the near. The rest of the coast here is basically, I mean, it's all habitable and there's a beautiful beaches in here, but there's no real sheltered uh, harbors along the way. The next the next spot you'd be able to stop at would be Herzliya, which we we talked about. Uh, before that's where, that's where we're based along the coast there there's you know Caesarea which was an old uh, uh, Roman uh, city back in the uh, in the Roman days getting getting to Herzliya which as I said 60 miles down uh, it's a excellent marina with very very good access into the marina uh, very good infrastructure uh, the, the docks are very easy to uh, you know pull up there's guest docks and they're very welcoming to uh, to sailors coming in there to stay. It, okay, it looks to me like when you're coming down the coast, you go by a coal terminal, it looks like, a big coal terminal. Yeah, there's a coal terminal about halfway down. You have to stay, the, that, the, um, the, there's like a, uh, uh, a long pier that goes out about a mile into the sea. So you need to stay off, of, you're required to stay off of that by uh, even a few miles off of the, uh, the coast there. Further up, it's really highly recommended to, you know, obviously read the pilot book because there's a couple of uh, 
uh, restricted areas. South of Haifa, there's an area called Atlit, which is a commando base there, and they require you to stay uh, four or five miles off of the coast there when passing there. So once you're already out there, you're going to want to stay out and uh, pass the, uh, the, coal, the coal terminal there. So then you'll be heading back down towards Herzliya. You know, pull into Herzliya. Herzliya has a uh, has a uh, clear uh, uh, you know, port port police and everything, so you can clear into Israel there also. Now, when you're into, when into you Herzliya. let's say you clear in the uh, first stop up up north, do you have to clear in and out of every port you come into, or can you just? No, no, you don't. No, once once you're already in, you can go in and out of it. All all of them. There's no problem on that. The, now, Herzliya is, uh, again, as I said, uh, it's not in the middle of a city or anything. The, about uh, about a 15-minute walk from Herzliya, Herzliya Marina, there's a, uh, uh, a high-tech area there with a lot of uh, build, you know, uh, high-tech buildings. And uh, it's actually it's a really nice restaurant area. There's a lot of restaurants in the area. The town itself uh, is, you know, there isn't much much to offer. The, you know, the, the closest thing to, to Herzliya would be Tel Aviv, which is for, further south. You might want to, you know, I, I would, depending on whether Tel Aviv has room, you know, when you call, you you would as you're as you're approaching, if you after you've checked into uh, Herzliya, if you wanted to go down to Tel Aviv, you know, you'd call ahead and see if they would let you, if they have room for you, and uh, you know, on, on a guest as a guest dock. But uh, I'd, I'd probably. Which a lot of sailors, I meet a lot of sailors you know, who are, are cruisers who are coming in and staying in Herzliya, and they they use Herzliya as a base for touring around Israel, uh, and they'll even use that you know to go back and forth to, to Tel Aviv. From Herzliya, it's about an hour ride up to uh, Jerusalem, and uh, you know the, it's a really good central area for touring the whole uh, central area of Israel. And that's where you live personally. Is that where you have your apartment or house? My house is in Ranana, which is about uh, 15 minutes east of uh, of Herzliya. So yeah, so that's really quite convenient. Not only, and our our boat is right there. My my Bavaria is right there in, in Herzliya Marina there. So uh, you know, it's easily hop skip. I guess we have quite a lot of luxury there. You know, with a 15 minute ride from the house over to the to the boat from there. So that that's a big plus. So you know, as I said, it's a great marina. It uh, it's 600 boat marina there are a lot of facilities but uh as far as uh you know being in, next to a city with you know walking off of the off of the dock there to uh, some excitement there really isn't much there's a shopping center connected to the marina there's a fantastic uh uh, uh yard there's a uh, yard right next part of the part of the marina owned by the marina which has you know lifts for taking out pretty much any size boat that uh, you're you're going to want to bring in there. And uh, there's some really good uh, shipwrights here who can take care of any repairs. There's, uh, there's a couple of chandleries who sell you anything you need as far as that goes. So in that regard, it uh, has a lot of great facilities. Now from uh, Herzliya, moving down the coast is about, uh, about an hour down the coast. Uh, is, you're going to get, is, is Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv is the... Uh, you know, sort of the big, the the uh, main uh, entertainment area and business uh, district of uh, of Israel. 
There's a marina. I think you might be able to see the marina there in Tel Aviv here. It's uh Yeah, I see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a okay. little, right. it's a fairly small marina, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a it's a quite a bit smaller than Herzliya. It's a it's a one of the old it's probably one of the original marinas here that was built here about uh 40 more than 40 years ago. So it, they've expanded a little bit over time, but uh it, it's small and it's quite congested. It the the greatest advantage of Tel Aviv Marina is it's right there in the middle of the city. So all the action is right around there. Ah, okay. Now, I'm looking yeah. at these marinas, and it looks like they build the breakwater to the south. So are the prevailing winds from the south in this area? Yeah, the prevailing winds are from the south there, and the storms will be coming up from the south, too. You know, as the, uh, as a low front, front comes in, it's going to be blowing a southwest. It's going to be blowing from the southwest there. The main part, the uh, main part of the storm. So that's why it's sheltered and it's uh, you know the breakwater is built in the, in the southwest there. That's where the uh, strongest uh, parts of the storm are going to come from. So you know a marina like this is is quite she- quite well sheltered, just like Herzliya is, and uh, it has a uh, um, you will know, be, be well protected. It does tend to have a bit of a surge in there. And as you can see, it's it's med style docking there, whereas Hertz, it's all med style docking stern stern first. Whereas in Herzliya, most of the most of the boats will have a finger next to them, so you'll be able to tie up next to a uh, a finger. You can also dock uh, med style, but uh, you, you don't have to there in uh, in Herzliya. So th- th- this is a uh, th- the surge tends to get. I sail a lot in Herzliya Marina from, with friends there, and it tends to get. Uh, in a, in a in a strong strong southerly, it'll uh, it'll get a little bit uh, tricky. Also, in a, a strong northerly, it gets tricky coming in and out of that uh, out of the, the the entrance there. So, as I said, you know, Tel, Tel Aviv is if you can get it in there after after you get into Israel, it's a great marina for being right there in the middle of action. There's a lot happening there in the whole Tel Aviv area with, you know, just really at your, at your doorstep, just to the south of the, ho- of the, uh, of the, of the marina, there's a, like a hotel row and a promenade that goes all the way down south to, uh, to Jaffa. What are the costs of the marinas? Uh, yeah, I'm not really sure. It's quite, it's, Pretty reasonable. I mean, it's not nowhere. I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's forty, fifty dollars a night, something like that. But the 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 marine the marinas like uh, Herzliya and Tel Aviv have great facilities too. I mean, they have showers, hot showers, and uh, restaurants there, and uh, uh, you know, and chandleries and everything right there in the marina. Now, I I see two marinas in Tel Aviv. There's one in the old city as well. Is that the is that the one you were talking about, or the one farther north? Because there's a... uh, well, a little bit farther, a little bit farther north would uh, it's not really relevant right now. But there's a, a further further north there. There's a, a marina that's under construction just north of the uh, uh, the, the river there. You can see re, uh, there, there's a river there, just a little bit north of Tel Aviv there, and you can see what looks like a marina there also with the. Uh, with with the prominent south, you know, southerly uh, breakwater. Yeah, I see that, that's under that, construction. Yes, uh huh. Right. 
that's actually it, it's it's built and it's been built for many years. It's not, it wasn't designated as a marina. What it was originally was a uh, there's a power plant there called Reading, which was a coal powered plant. So they they would bring in the ship. The ships would anchor off out there in, at sea, and the uh, tugboats who would service the uh, the ships would would be would use this uh, the break would use this anchorage here to go out and service the ships. So they built a very, very strong, very beautiful uh, breakwater here, which, you know, us as sailors, we would, you know, we, you know, we'd, we were always killing to try to get in there and be able to use it. And for it, it belonged to the electric company. So it was never be able to use over over in the, in the last couple of years, uh, sailors would would sneak in there. And once they stopped using the uh the power plant there, sailors would go in there and drop an anchor for a few hours. And it's the closest thing we had to, you know, being, <laughs> to, you know, being able to anchor someplace, you know, and swim off the boat and have lunch there on a hook. Uh, so in the last few months, it was announced that uh, the, uh, the city of Tel Aviv has taken over the, the break, the anchorage there, and they're going to turn it into a marina finally. So we're all uh, quite excited about that. That'll be a beautiful, uh, four, about a 400, uh, boat marina over there too so that that's good news for us we this the all the marinas in israel are full and uh, completely full with waiting lists which has really prevented a lot of growth in the sailing industry here you know a lot of a lot of people would like to buy boats but there's no place to put them if you buy a boat what about the visiting yacht are they going to be able to find a spot or do they need to call ahead for this no, there's a, they they should call ahead, but ninety ninety nine percent chance that they'll they'll be able to they'll be able to get. In. I've never heard of anybody being turned away. There's always space there, especially in in a place like Herzliya. There's always uh, there's always room for guests there. And then moving down the coast, you have the next uh, marina is uh, is in Jaffa. If you go down a little bit farther, about. Uh, where the coast starts to head, where there's like a little point there. You can see there's a, uh, you see Jaffa, J-A-F-F-A. Let me zoom out a little bit. I think I saw it earlier on. There's Gaza. Is it south or north of Gaza? North, north of Gaza. Okay. Just, it's just, almost, just a, a tad south of Tel Aviv. It's just a little bit south of Tel Aviv, just a t- about, uh, about, Three miles south of Tel Aviv. Oh, okay. That was the one I was thinking was in the old town. So that might be the okay, one. Okay, that's the old at. town. Okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Okay. Right. That that's the, the the city of Jaffa, which is uh, part part of Tel Aviv also. But Jaffa is that's where uh, the I'm sure you heard the story of uh, Jonah and the whale. That's where that happened, right there, just off of the coast of uh, Jaffa. Jaffa has the has an old city there, and it's the uh, oldest port in the world supposedly it goes back thousands of years there they're all the time digging up uh new stuff it has a uh the breakwater itself was built by the english during the british mandate back in the uh, 30s if i'm not mistaken here so it has sort of a uh a little bit different feel to it in the way it was built here so you know it, it the uh it it's sheltered from the south there and uh there's a long there's a long uh channel to get in from the north there so you have to follow the buoys to get in to get in from the north yeah it looks like there's some hazards to navigation off the coast yeah yeah it's it's tricky it's tricky it wouldn't be highly it wouldn't be recommended at all to go into jaffa unless you really 
wanted to be in there. And there, it's it's basically a commercial port. There's a uh, off fishermen again there. There's about uh, 30 or 40 sailboats in there that belong to clubs and some private individuals. But uh, it, it, it's it's not a place you'd want to uh, to sail into. I mean, it's a great place to go visit once you're if you're staying in Tel Aviv or Herzliya. It's a it's a really nice old city there with a lot of history and a beautiful spot there on the coast there to visit. But the, you know, in a pinch, I mean, there is a marina there, and you could pull in if you wanted to. And uh, it, it, I I don't not it, it's pretty tightly full up there, so it might be a little bit of a problem even getting a guest dock. So we'll, we'll use that as a reference, okay, that it's there okay. along the coast. Okay? All right. <laughs> Mo- moving on down, the next, uh, the next spot is going to be Ashdod, which is about uh, another 30 miles down the coast there, if you can see that one. You can see it all along the coast here. It's all sand dunes, so you know, there's no... Uh, there's no place at all to uh, to pull in. Also, there's uh, for point of reference, which you'd see in the pilot, there's an area called Palmahim here, which is uh, about halfway to Ashdod. That's a, uh, a that's a rocket, uh, like sort of like that's sort of the Cape Canaveral of Israel, and uh, so you have to stay off the coast there. Also, about five miles, they'll, they'll make sure that uh, if you get close in, that the navy will come on and tell you to to move on out. Oh, there it was. I was pretty close to where it was anyway. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, well, there we go. So, yeah, I see some some big, big breakwaters out there. Again, they look like they might be coal term. Well, I don't know if they're – it's just a big industrial no, no, port is, there, right? This is this is the biggest uh, container port here in Israel. Oh, and, okay. Uh, in Ashdod. That's why so there's a lot of commercial traffic here. You'll be coming down, approaching it, you'll see always, you know, 10, 15 ships at anchor out there. So uh, your AIS should be able to pick those up. You they, they shouldn't uh, that, that shouldn't be any obstruction at all. You'd come into the uh, now the marina itself is uh, it's a little bit north of the uh, north of the of the of the city there behind this uh, behind this breakwater here. So north of the, the city or that marina zone south of that big breakwater. Uh so I see the big you know, commercial part, and just south of that is a big, interesting-looking marina with piers going out at like 45 degrees. That's it. That's okay, it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's it. Okay. Now, Ashdod, you know, going back to the, uh, the theme, which what I keep mentioning is, you know, most of the marinas, there isn't much around the marina itself. This is one you, there's no reason to go here unless for some reason, unless, you know, you needed to pull in for some reason. It's a... Uh, it's 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 a popular marina for locals, but there's nothing there. The town itself, it's a nice town. It's a pretty big, pretty good sized town, but it, it has nothing of interest really for uh, for sightseeing. So, you know, if uh, if you needed to pull in because of you know mechanical problems or some reason like that, that would be the only reason you'd want to pull in there. Okay. Okay. So okay. now. Uh, that's pretty much, is there anything south of that or is that pretty much it? He, yeah, there is. There's another one a little bit farther south. If, uh, called, this is the, the last one. This is called Ashkelon. Uh, you can, if you go down a little bit farther down the coast there. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. I see it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ashkelon is, uh, also there isn't much, 
It's a uh, it's a really nice marina. It's very well built. Uh, has quite has nice infrastructure there and easy to get in and out of. And the has a, the the uh, the channels between the uh, the fingers are really quite big. So it's a really quite comfortable marina to go to go in and out of. Again, the town there isn't much there around the town. Uh, it, uh, it it there wouldn't be much to offer there. What one of the things one of the reason that people pull into uh, Ash, Ashkelon is it's the first stop if you're coming up from the Suez Canal, if you're heading north. So you could pull into, into Ashkelon. Uh, south of Ashkelon is, is the Gaza Strip, which you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't be pulling in there at all. But if you, you, know, if you, if you zoom on down there, you can, you'll see that uh, Port Suez is, is back down there. And you pull into Port Su- from Port Suez, you can make a beeline up to uh, you know, if you want to go into Israel, this is the closest. Uh, this would be the closest uh, civilization after uh, pulling out of out of Egypt. We're on a hundred mile, nautical miles. Is that about right? Yeah, so that's about right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you, uh, actually, I meant Port Said, not Port Sa- Port Suez. Yeah. So you have mm-hmm. Port Said, and so you it's a quick. It's a, you know it's quite an easy shot straight up to uh, if you want to head up into Israel from there. The coastline along there. Is nothing in, from Port Said up, you know, up to the uh, Israel borders. There's nothing there. It's all it's all uh, basically sandy beaches there. Then you have the Gaza Strip, which is an area you want to sort of steer steer clear of. But uh, you know, shooting straight over to Ashkelon is, is fine from there. If for some reason you want to, so, you know, that pretty much brings us down to the you know the the, 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 the southerly part of Israel as far as you know going through all the marinas. All right, Howard. That's that's we've been going about forty nine minutes. I'm going to um, stop the interview right here, and then I'm going to restart, and we're going to continue talking about heading over to Cyprus. How does that sound? If you have okay. the time, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah, right. sure. All right. Thank you for listening. If you have any thoughts or suggestions for future podcasts, or if you have stories that you'd like to share with our audience. Write me, franz1 at medsailor.com. And do me a favor, go into the iTunes directory and write a review. I noticed I got two more reviews in there, so thank you very much for writing those reviews. I really appreciate those reviews in iTunes. Next episode, we're going to continue the interview with Howard, but this time we're going to be covering sailing around Cyprus. So tune in for that. And again, consider becoming a Patreon at patreon.com backslash medsailor. And thank you for listening. Life is short. In the end, all that really matters is the memories you make. So make a few. Go sailing.